Two entertainment veterans, now Ollie instructors, are about to share an insider look at a special breed of movie star, the iconic blonde bombshell. In particular, Kim Novak and Marilyn Monroe, flip sides of the same coin, Kim survived Hollywood. Marilyn didn't. I know a lot of stuff about her that maybe people don't know. Do you have any opinion whether her, her death was accidental, suicidal, or something other than that? I believe 100% that she was murdered. 100%. Stay tuned for Hollywood Once Upon a Long Time Ago, Part 2, Marilyn, Kim, and some other savvy blondes. Welcome to In Conversation, The Voices of Ollie. Ollie, O-L-L-I, is an acronym for the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, located at and networked with the Palm Desert campus of California State, San Bernardino. Now a popular Ollie instructor, Sue Cameron is a writer, journalist, talent manager, and a real Hollywood insider. When it comes to iconic movie blondes, Marilyn tops her list. That shot of her coming out of the pool and something's got to give. Yeah. That's magical. Yes. That's really what Hollywood was about. There are those shots. Marilyn coming out of the pool in that. Grace Kelly in To Catch a Thief where she's either riding in the car or driving where she's driving the car or they're at the pool float and yeah. she, comes, she comes out of the water and Kim Novak coming out of the bathroom with the transformation and vertigo where she's going back to Madeline with all the green light and the music. Those three moments for blonde women in Hollywood are, ju are just startling. I haven't seen anything to compare to that in any movie. Frank Farino took a different approach to the subject. So I put together what I call my sexy six to see what you think. Oh, right. And my, my sexy Believe six me, I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, leading my list for obvious reasons, Marilyn Monroe. Uh, right. She was, for me, uh, ultimate. But uh, just, just below Marilyn, Carol Lombard, mm -hmm. I thought belonged on that list. Jane Mansfield, I thought belonged on that list. Mae West, Jean Harlow, and my... One of my favorite actresses of any era, Faye Dunaway. Um, those would be my sexy six. Um, okay, not mine. <laughs> who, did I who did I miss? Um, the women that you mentioned, Carol Lombard was spectacular. If there's a difference between the, a blonde who's sexy and a blonde who is a star for reasons other than sex. Sexy, yes. So I don't have much respect for someone like Jane Mansfield, uh, who, and, I, and I'm, very, I'm very friendly with Mariska, and I'm so sorry. I was going that, to say she gave us Mariska. <laughs> I'm so sorry that, that she lost her mother, and I know Jane Mansfield was, uh, was a very nice person. I think uh, Jean Harlow, extraordinary. You have to take that list beyond the 40s, and, and you have to go into into the into the 50s and and some of the 60s uh we will talk about Marilyn in a minute uh who else was on that list may west I put, I put may. may these are people classic legends who w were no one else could be the way they were so she she made a statement 
uh, I'd actually prefer a list called statement blondes rather than categorizing them into, uh, into sex. Carol Lombard, I'm sure, would resent that. <laughs> uh, well, you bring, you bring up something interesting because I found a quote from Mae West, which I thought was really cute. She was uh, at a function and wearing some wonderful jewelry. And somebody said, goodness, what lovely diamonds. And Mae West said, goodness had nothing to do with to it. To do with it. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, uh, before I go on to people like uh, Kim Novak, Grace Kelly, yes. uh, that, that generation, which was quite different, uh, why don't we talk about Marilyn for a second? Uh, or absolutely. more than a second. <laughs> absolutely. You, you are the Marilyn Monroe expert. Well, I fell in love with her uh, the more I researched and the more I wrote. Uh, and the more I realized what she had to overcome. Um, she never knew her father. She uh, was in a foster home as a baby initially and was raped in a foster home at age nine. Uh, that was how she started life. Um, she never saw herself as anything but a blonde who got lucky she never, and, and I thought she was a decent actress. I thought she was more than just a decent actress. She never saw herself that way. Um, and of course, um, you know, men in those, that era took advantage of her as, as they did. Um, but I was, um, I was impressed with her as a person as much as, as an actress. Uh, she was part of the system. She was part of that, uh, that Hollywood system at the time. And um, she, I don't think she ever saw herself as she got to be seen after she left the, the planet. No, of course she didn't. Yeah. Um, I adored her. And uh, yes, she, she absolutely just melted the screen and you, you fell in love with her instantly. Yes. I think that she although she was uneducated, she was brighter uh, than most people think because she had a very inquisitive mind. And she had an IQ uh, that, that approached, she had an IQ, I won't have the number in front of me, but her IQ was not that far from uh, genius IQ. Mm -hmm. she, was, she was quite, quite smart. Um, and I think she just felt that uh, there was an expectation, if you were the blonde, this is what you did and how you did it if you wanted to succeed. Um, she was, in my humble opinion, a much better actress than uh, she was given credit for. Um, and you go back and there's a film called Niagara, uh, which I think shows her in, in another whole light. Um, she was sad. She was a sad person. Uh, I would love to have met her. I would love to spend some time with her. Uh, but uh, it, was, it was interesting to write about her. In fact, that play, I, I, have, I don't know how to say it as a writer, it almost wrote itself. That doesn't surprise me at all. Kim Novak's childhood, she was 100% Czechoslovakian and she and her parents and her grandparents lived in, in a very bad neighborhood in Chicago. And she was actually, uh, she did not have a happy childhood. She was constantly bullied 
for being too white. Wow. It was the exact uh, reverse racial discrimination. She was in a, a, a Jewish ghetto and uh, I don't know the other uh, people who were there, but she could barely walk uh, from home to school without someone throwing something at her or yelling terrible names. You dumb Polak, and of course she wasn't Polish. Polish. Uh, she had an extremely difficult childhood and it was only writing, writing the poetry that, that, really, that really got her through it, her writing and drawing. I will tell you a story about uh, Kim Novak and Marilyn Monroe. Love Kim Novak. Me too. <laughs> uh, they, were, uh, they were friends. And, yes. and Kim always, what, her heart went out to Marilyn because she could see how much Marilyn was always trying to fit in and trying to better herself. And one night um, there was a party at Peter Lawford's house in Malibu where Kim went all the time. But this was the first time that Marilyn was going. And it was uh, because Robert Kennedy was there and she hadn't met him. And so she called Kim and she said, I've been studying, I've been studying all day. I've read all of his speeches. Uh, I've watched as much of him as, as I can find. Uh, I, I'm reading books that he wrote or his family wrote. I'm studying uh, foreign policy so I can come up with uh, intelligent questions for him. And Kim is thinking to herself, oh my God, this poor girl, <laughs> you, you are enough. Just show up <laughs> yeah. for dinner. But anyway, she didn't say that to her. And then Marilyn said, what are you wearing? And Kim said, jeans and a sweater, we're at the beach. Uh, and Marilyn showed up in some formal gown. Yes and sat next to Bobby and started going in about the foreign, what do you think of the China uh, trade agreement? Uh, and Kim was just sitting there watching this going, <laughs> oh my God, uh, oh my God. Then uh, I am I, very friendly with Pat Newcomb. Mm. Pat was Marilyn's um, press agent. And yes. it was Pat who got the call before the police were called after Marilyn died. So she'd come uh -huh. and clean up the house and take all the evidence away. Can I ask you, Sue, do you have any opinion uh, as to whether her, her death was accidental, suicidal, or something other than that? I believe 100% that she was murdered. 100%. Uh, I, I won't disagree with you. Yeah, I, I believe that the Kennedys called Sam Giancana because Marilyn was threatening to release some stuff. Yes. Which was not, not smart on that case. <laughs> that was not smart. And she was uh, disposed of with a shot in a, a private area so the needle mark could not be found. She was already drugged up before they came. Yeah. She, was, she was still alive. And uh, yes, I believe that 100%. And of course, I've asked that of Pat Newcomb and she looks at me and smiles. She goes, I'm not going to answer that question. Pat would never talk. I went, I talked to Angie Dickinson about it because she has a JFK shrine in her living room. Oh, yes. And uh, she, she got that cute little Hollywood smile and she said, absolutely, it was just an accidental overdose with a big smile. I went, okay, Angie. <laughs> 
So I'll never, I'll never know, but that I, I that's what I believe a hundred percent. Yeah. I left it kind of ambiguous in the play. Uh, you make up your own mind as to, you know, how I didn't want to say it was this, it was that. Yeah. I think that's wise. Yeah. But, but I, I, I agree with you. One of the biggest reasons why Kim left Hollywood was because Marilyn Monroe died. It, it affected her horribly because she saw how Marilyn was treated. Harry Cohen had died and he was the one who picked out all, all of the great scripts for her. The Columbia was in a shambles. She could feel the tide changing to beach movies and a much more silly, uh, silly era. She was, um, she had a house in Bel Air. It narrowly missed the Bel Air fire, but had some damage. And then there was a mud, then shortly after that, there was a huge storm and there was a mudslide and her house fell down the hill. It was across the street from the Bel Air Hotel. And she was standing there and her car fell into the, down, everything. And she was standing there and she said, this is a sign. I need to get out of here. Wow. This, is, this isn't good. And so she hopped in another car uh, and drove to her house in Big Sur. She had that house for several years where she would go to retreat just to recover. But then she just headed up to Big Sur and said, uh, that's it. If, if I work, if I like a role that's offered to me, great. But I, I, I really just want to be alone. The house was built on a rock called Gull House. She really was a painter. She had two scholarships to the Art Institute of Chicago. She had no intention of ever being an actress, ever. She wanted to be a painter and uh, a poet. She was so extraordinarily happy in Big Sur. At one point, uh, I met her in 73 when I interviewed her for a, a television movie called Third, Third Girl from the Left. And we just hit it off right from there. And she started sending me airplane tickets to go to Carmel because she could see that I, it wasn't that I loved Hollywood too much. My love was sincere because it was for the art. It really wasn't about the glamor. It's about the talent. Yes. I, I was 20 something and I don't think I'd looked at a tree ever. And she could see that. She wanted to show me the other side of life. And she bought me a bicycle. She bought me roller skates. And she would set up these weekends to put me out into nature. And we would skate along or ride along Pacific Grove and look at all the flowers and stop and look at the ocean. She turned my entire life around. I never wow. looked outward. I was only looking inward to work, work, work. And she changed me uh, forever in, in so many ways. Uh, I could go uh, I'll talk about her, uh, you know, for an, the next two hours. I do lectures <laughs> and she's, she's one of them. But the opposite side is Kim was never who Hollywood tried to make her to be. They would put on the makeup and she would go into the bathroom and scrape off the eyebrows. She would do everything she could to be more natural. Kim was very proud of her work. I think her acting is finally being recognized. Her role in Vertigo, which has oh. been named repeatedly the best film of all time. time. To be Kim, who needs to turn into Judy, who is Judy playing Madeline, <laughs> that's already three steps away. Then she has to go back and she has to be, she's Kim, but pretending to Judy who knows that Madeline is dead. I mean, it, that's phenomenal, phenomenal work. And My everybody's- Thank you, me too. Everybody's copied her. Sharon Stone, the thing with the, where she opened her legs, whatever that was called, that was all 
Kim, the series that's on now, Ratchet, uh, Ryan Murphy's, they were using the Vir Vertigo score and wow. all the shots and the green lights and the, the, all, even the shots are the same. So the, the impact, so she's very proud and very happy and she lives on a gorgeous ranch in Oregon. She, it's just an extraordinary life. She has her painting, she has her horses. Uh, she's, she still has a trainer and she's in incredible shape. Wow. She's absolutely an extraordinary person who, who changed my life. Well, next time you see her, tell her that she was mine as well. <laughs> I will. I absolutely will. Wow. But she was very strong because she learned early on to stand up to everybody from her childhood. It prepared her for a guy like Harry Cohen. He didn't scare her at all. She would walk in and bake him Christmas cookies and hand wow. them to him. And he, she saw a tear in his eye. She knew how to get right through him because he saw, she saw the bluff. So he, he never scared her. She didn't love him. She kind of, uh, she, but she didn't dislike him. And he never came on to her. He never tried to do something, not to her. So she was very, very prepared for Hollywood. That's why she walked away because she was smart enough to know, no, I'm not going down. Sue, do you, do you know the story attributed to Harry Cohen's funeral? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'll tell it as I know it. They were, they were standing around and uh, people were crying and somebody said, my God, he was one of the most hated men. Why are they crying? And somebody said, well, give the people what they want. <laughs> right, right. Kim was crying because she was sad that the man who picked the great scripts uh, had died. Yeah. She knew his importance on her career. Yeah. Well, if she is, uh, please, again, one of my favorite people on and off screen. She, I just, and I'm glad to hear that she's a, the kind of person you describe her to be because I, I just had no oh, idea. Most unpretentious, friendly, amazing sense of humor. She's, uh, it, she is nothing like you saw in, in any of those movies. Any of movies. That's cool. Very nothing. cool. Yeah. She's, she is really cool. <laughs> Bye. Mr. Farino is now working on a play about another Hollywood femme fatale, Ava Gardner. I'm in the midst now of trying to do a similar approach uh, to Ava Gardner. And it's not coming as easily as, uh, as the Marilyn did, although Ava and Marilyn did share uh, some Hollywoods, if you would. <laughs> Sounds intriguing, right? And Ms. Cameron is currently in the throes of writing a new Hollywood tell-all. This one is not as nice. <laughs> Hollywood, Hollywood Secrets and Scandals was really about uh, my showing the public the true love that I had for the people who are and were my friends and what their lives were really like. There are people in Hollywood that don't necessarily deserve that love. So I'm not gonna call it a bitchy book because it's a combination because I'm writing about more people that I love, but I'm also throwing in some, some tasty tidbit stories. So it has Ew. a slightly different essence. I'm, I'm about halfway through with it. This has been In Conversation, the Voices of Ollie. 
Our thanks to Cal State San Bernardino in Palm Desert, along with communications study professor Lacey Kendall and her media students. This podcast was produced for Ollie by Lou Gorfing. And I am Dr. Arlette Poland. Thank you.